welcome back to Teaching with the uh, Body and Mind. Uh, I'm here with Ross. Hi, Tom. And Joey. Hey. And Mike. And hey, this Tom. is Tom. Welcome back, Tom. Yay. Yeah. After about 38,000 miles of traveling around the world, I'm, I'm, I'm back in Minnesota. It's not an exaggeration. <laughs> it's not an exaggeration. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was fun. It was enlightening. Um, it was it was it was good. I kind of like to start out with something, but it has to do with uh, when I was doing workshops in Australia, and one of the things that I tried to really emphasize is um, what my context was. Okay, when I was talking about sand and water play, I was talking about it in my context, mm-hmm. and I wanted them. I challenged them to think about how it would work in their context. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I wasn't doing these workshops so they would do exactly what I did. Right. In fact, I, di- I don't like that. I like it when they, they become creative, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. They, and they do. People are n- naturally creative. When you're making something, you're being creative. Um, and I, I'd kind of like our listeners to think about this in their context, too. I mean, we're talking about large motor play, uh, early childhood education, and we each have different ideas. And it's not like you're supposed to take everything for granted Mm -hmm. as gospel. You need to know how it fits with your context. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I think it's the, I think that is with teacher educators as well. It's not that we want you to just say this exact situation because we're trying to that's the process of learning. It's the process of being an actual teacher because there's not a recipe card to follow, but we want to give you the foundation to be in with this group of children. And how do you react with this group today, right now? Because as we know, every day is going to be different based on who ate breakfast, who's feeling sick, <laughs> who had a fight with their sibling this morning. Who's, right. And if, if you don't have the recipe card for the day when three of them have pooped their pants, two are have just coming off an ear infection, one is missing their mom, and the other one has uh, mom and dad on a, tra- on a trip, well, that, well, how, do I, how do I handle this right. day? Because yesterday was only one ear infection, no, no wet clothes, and... I'm not ready for this day. So if we don't have that car, right. you, you, we're learning how to handle the situation. And I think, like, I know from my experience, changing workplaces often does that, where when you work in a, an environment where, say, it's in a more low-income area and the number of children showing up not eating breakfast might be different. And then you go to a different place and like, oh, I always did this when mm-hmm. I started the day and now it's it's different. You know, right. Like, yeah. And you try to relearn or... I have a teacher who just came from working years in a half day program and now it's full day. Yeah. It's like, oh, the pacing's so different. Mm-hmm. I have to like mm-hmm. I'm like too tired to do anything. But nap time, I'm the one who wants to sleep or you know, like Right. So part of that is when you do shift where you work, yeah. um it for me that's what's been noticeable of right. like, oh, so how you do I do this keep, here? This yeah, is different. You don't just keep doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a yeah. Mystery. I know for me the full day thing trying to do things for my sensory table and I was like mm. oh this is where I serve lunch yeah. you know I usually have a cover on it and clean it yep. so anything any apparatus I create has to come out at some point because right. lunch and nap time will never happen yeah um, with this contraption right being accessible well yeah. and, and with your sensory tables that you create Tom that you show like they're very elaborate and very uh, I think inspirational and in getting people thinking but right, 
you're you're making them with the context of the children you have and that not only the context of the children but the context of my program yes mm-hmm. uh, two hours a day yep. 150 right. kids a week right that that worked well in my mm-hmm. setting right and so the same that you might get ideas from our podcast Right. Um, but they will only become yours if you chew on them a bit, right? right. If, you, if, right. You, if you think about them or discuss them with other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I want to use a um, Lisa Murphy. When she does workshops, she does this thing. She talks about the 10-day rule, yeah. right? So that idea of after you hear something, don't run back to your program and try to do it. Mm-hmm. Start to notice, oh, that's... I could see next time doing it a little differently because of what I heard at the in that podcast or mm-hmm. at that workshop. Mm-hmm. But don't make any changes for 10 days. And then, like her th- idea is that then it's a little easier to assimilate because you've questioned what you're doing and figured out where it fits with what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's not mm-hmm. like you go in and reinvent the wheel. Right. I don't know that our podcast is exciting as, you know, like when she speaks, she has a way, she has that charismatic thing where people are like, I'm going to go do everything different now. And yeah. it's like, well, slow down. Yeah, pump the brakes. But <laughs> and I think some, actually, your sensory tables have a way of doing that to people too, where like, oh my God, I want to do this every time. And then three hours into trying to build an apparatus, they're like, what the? Full disclosure, it was me after the first time I went to your, yeah. the, for the first. Me too. I was like, I'm going to build the best sensory table ever. And I had to like, nope. And I had to stop after about two or three yeah. hours. Like, I can't manage this. I'll make an incline. That's <laughs> mine. Yeah. Like, I look, a, I can put ooh, the I box. Got a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think your point, Tom, is great because I think it is that reminder that um, with with your workshops, with any of the workshops we do, listening to this podcast, you to make it your own, you have to really, yeah, you have to put it in your own pot and let it kind of simmer. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good reminder. Yeah, I think when we present, we often talk about baby steps. We'll kind of give our spiel for a while, and then at the end, we're like, oh, and here's some baby steps. Here's some things you might try. Right. Um, and I think that idea that when it's not the person you're here at listening to doing that in your own head to think, okay, where's... It, it, does, it doesn't mean you don't try things yeah, that you yeah, hear oh, about, yeah, right. um, but you got to give yourself some slack, yeah. mm-hmm. and you have to also, uh, you know, be able to approach it maybe with a little humor and a little bit of openness, like it might work, it might not, mm-hmm. and you have to you, you have to read the your context, and it's not a simple um, process of just reading it one time, mm-hmm. as you were you were mm-hmm. you know intimating. It changes from day to day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the the thing is, I remember. Um, telling people that every year was different, mm-hmm. every year was very different, and I would have to try new and different things because what happened the year before didn't actually translate into into the current year. Right, right. I had to, uh, and it was okay to stop and say, "Oops, this isn't working. I've got to try something else." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's okay in midstream. It's right. not like you have to stay on that one course because, again, you're reading the context, and that's a moment by moment kind of thing sure mm-hmm. well so tom speaking about contextual differences as you were as i knew you were coming back from your your big travels i was just curious if you noticed contextual differences as you were in australia um i mean to a certain degree children are children but context also shapes sort of how we interact with them so if if people had any different reactions to what you were talking i mean you've presented many many places if if that audience had any type of a different spin on how they how they reacted what they were attracted to what they thought about 
Well, like mess, for yeah, instance, because a lot of your stuff involves messiness and different places. Or if, just if anything yeah. surprised you. I mean, yeah. Australia is not that different culturally. I don't. I wouldn't expect too many differences. They drive on the other side of the road. <gasps> right, their steering wheels are wrong. <laughs> well, but, uh, ours wrong. But Ooh. I just wondered if anything, if you're like, do you know in Australia, right? I think uh, it's, uh, kids don't use forks. Yeah, or, I don't know. That's a good question because I would ask them. Yeah. You know, you have to. You have to. You have to fit what you're seeing here to your context. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had followed up a little bit more on that, that one question. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, Australia is, is experiencing a drought yeah. mm -hmm. and, and wildfires. And horrible fires. And horrible fires. And so, uh, you know, I did, a, I did a couple of water presentations, yeah. and, and I was cautioned to think about water in terms yeah. of, of play. Can right. you really play with minimal resources? So, minimal yeah. resources. Right. Um, what I found was that they were actually quite, quite inventive about how they would do it. Mm. So, for mm -hmm. instance, uh, they would fill a water deposit. It would wouldn't be too big mm -hmm. a tank, um, and they would tell the children, "This is what we have to play with for today." Yeah. Huh. Mm. This is what we have to play with for today. It isn't. It is unlimited, and it in some places it was small enough that it was only. At first, the kids would would drain it within ten minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. right. But after a while, they figured out how to how to use oh, it. Oh, so they actually were learning how to conserve water in a way. Yeah, right? and that's and that's what I've done with rain barrels that we've had. You only have like we, of course we could get the hose and we can fill it back up, and but then there there isn't that under, true understanding of conservation, right? Because it's not going to be until it's really gone, and you want to keep playing. Well, remember we had just this much, mm -hmm. and you could see that the that we could tell the water level was going down. Right. Now we'll have to wait till it rains again, mm -hmm. and I think mm -hmm. it's. I mean, it it sounds like that's a really thoughtful way mm -hmm. to again help children understand, especially when there's a scarcity of this resource. Yeah, we're coming from the Midwest where it's like... Well, in Minnesota, land of 10,000 yeah, right, right. lakes. Where we're How, what size were their tanks, do you think? Like, are we talking like a bucket? Or what do you, what, do you have a sense of, um, of what... Probably something like a 20-gallon. Okay. 20-gallon. Right. Yeah, there was a... That was, I mean, for that play, was, obviously, they were washing hands and yeah. brushing teeth. And those yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. But I think it, it really is, I think, a thoughtful way to... And I, I feel like, it, and I don't want to derail it too much, but the idea of using food as a resource in mm -hmm. sensory tables and things like yeah. that. It's so I don't think it's hot button anymore, but I think it's. Um, it still can be. Like no, that, it, some say. some some programs like I love to do the macaroni noodle sensory table. Right. It feels so good, and it's it's such a unique thing. Right. And it's, doesn't it really doesn't cost a lot, but it's that same thought right. of, and or in the well, we don't have anybody who's. Who's hungry, hungry yeah. and we that are worried. Well, mm -hmm. one, you don't necessarily know that because right. they may be putting on the good face. But also, more importantly, if you are someone that is that has abundance and has the privilege to have this, wouldn't it be even a better message to have the thought of this is how we take care of it, this is how right. we share it, this is how we can make sure everybody has access to mm -hmm. this. And so, to think that's similar yeah. to the water idea. Like, if we're gonna, if you don't have a lot in a drought season. Mm -hmm. Where and see, I think that seasonally might be different because I remember as a child having droughts in the summer, yeah. a few summers specifically. And I was like, Oh, wait, but we can't go on, we can't do slip and slide, right? We can't do why can't mm -hmm. we fill mm -hmm. up the kiddie pool? And I didn't understand why, but right. this message would be like, Here's all that we have for today. Right. Now I can see it. Oh, it's gone. And just like children are gonna do, I'm gonna need to dump it 
and pour it and empty it a lot, maybe a few times, right. maybe a lot of times. And then I go, oh, okay. And, and in some ways I think of, I know you don't really do the um, axioms or whatever you now, but like thinking about that, like those types of ideas are still strong, right? That emptying and filling is really important. Yeah, yeah. If and, in and, and, one place it can't be water, mm -hmm. what can it be? And so in a, a number of my constructions, there's this cycle. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. that it goes back into the table. It yeah. goes right, back right. into yeah, the yeah. table. Yeah. Right. So in a way it's conserving. And some people notice that. Yeah. So that what was about uh, like response to risk? Because I know sometimes you give a presentation and you show a kind of a, I don't know, low stakes image you know or you don't think i mean we've had conversations here standing on the side of the standing on the side of the table where you're like oh they were secure and they were holding on and i was right there and you didn't you know then people gasp yeah 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 so my perception of australia is that they're a more risk-taking culture yes. and i don't know if that's a true stereotype a little bit more laid back a little mm -hmm. bit more accepting of risk um although you still have you you'll still have people who are going <gasps> right how right. could you do that right but i would say on a whole the group was more risk accepting uh -huh. than risk averse. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, was there the same talk of, but the rules and the licensing and the mm, laws? Yeah. Was that, I feel like that's a strong American culture. Yeah, and the legal part. Yeah. And yeah. the legal part too. Or what, what, would, what would the administrator say? And that was happening there too? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. There was some of that. Yeah. Um, but like I said, they're a little bit more laid back. And that's the same with right. meth. But one of the other things that happens is they're probably outside more mm -hmm. yeah. than we than we give yeah. credit for. Right. Or, or than than we do in here in the States. Well, I should say in Minnesota. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um they do tend to bring kids inside when it gets to be a hundred degrees. Mm -hmm. Okay. So their their limits are more about heat than cold? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Although their cold, their cold is not our cold. Right. right. No, yeah. no, that's what I mean. Yeah. Their, their, their dangerous temperatures are hot, and are our hot. dangerous temperatures yeah. tend to and be And I cold. know someone who teaches in um, United Arab Emirates, and there they don't go outside very often. And again, it's the same thing of like, well, it's usually over 110, mm -hmm. you know, so what do we do? It does get down to like 90, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes of the year. Yeah. But they get used to not going outside, right? So they're trying to encourage teachers to go outside because it's... Yeah. Yeah. 90 now, but it it's like they get into a similar mindset that I think a lot of teachers in Minnesota get into of like, well, we just won't go outside or, mm -hmm. right. you know, we go outside right. for the bare minimum, right. even yeah, when yeah, it's yeah. nice out. Yeah. Or, oh, one thing I should, one thing I'd like to say about uh, that really surprised me in Australia was how much teachers are paid. Huh. Do you know what the minimum wage is in Australia? No. $19 an hour. Wow. U.S. dollars? Not U.S. dollars, but you know it's well, it's know probably it's probably like um, four fifths. Okay, so it's, it's pretty close. So so if you're a teacher in an early childhood program and you're certified, you're making over fifty thousand a year. Mm -hmm. Wow! I met a Let's director. Just air it out there. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, stir I, up the pot. <laughs> I uh, was met a director. She was making over ninety thousand. Wow. For 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 the year. What and what does that do? I mean, were you able to talk Plus to them about that? Plus, they get that? the health care, and yeah. they, right. and they get this something called superannuation, where money's Ooh. put aside when they retire, and there's a nice big pot of money at the end. And then, if you've worked in a place for ten years, you get some kind of uh, extended leave. You mean you, you don't get just a mug with like this no. picture of the children uh, on no, it, and that's no, your no, thank no, you for no, the no. So decade of work. What's what's the professionalism then over there? Like how is how is the world of early childhood viewed? Uh, um, but by with, the outside with, culture, were you able to pick up on? Or did yeah, the, the you, you were there. I know you were just 
going from city to city every yeah. single day. But. Well, maybe I, I want to ask just like the gender makeup. Like curious oh, if yeah, it's the same, it's the same. here. I mean, I, I in um, in all the workshops I did, I think I there were three men. Mm-hmm. Huh. I did sixteen workshops, so yeah, they 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 were not they were yeah. not there. Did you see anything in that context that made you go, oh, I want to, I wonder how this would go to mine? Like sort of what you're saying, the op- the mirror of what you're saying. Like don't just do what I'm saying, right, right, you know, right. But did you see any practices that you? I mean, I know you're not currently in a classroom, but you were like, huh. Uh, I'm thinking about one program I visited that was just unbelievable. It was like, um, instead of like classrooms, they had like houses. Mm-hmm. Huh. And it was more like a family feel. Right. And they were, uh, they were, there was a little um, age specific, but it wasn't so age specific yeah, yeah. because there was this huge common area and the kids were mixing. Even mm-hmm. though they were with one house, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was it was just amazing. I mm-hmm. thought this if this is this is the way an early childhood program should be. Right. It's like a family. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and the the right. older kids knew the younger kids, and the younger kids even knew the parents of the older kids. Yeah. And, so roughly, how many kids were like total in in that center? That was know? over like 120. Okay. Wow. Because there are some models in the U.S. Like with a similar idea, they're not very it was, common, but yeah, yeah. And I, I would say this was, this was not common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it was a, it was a great program. And were you seeing a mix of? Is there the private public yep. split there? And yeah. so you were seeing that was a, a private. That was a private. Okay. That was a private one. Okay. So okay, so it's a sim, similar distribution model that mm-hmm. some are mm-hmm. through the school system mm-hmm. and or units municipal mm-hmm. and some are okay. And so, probably more the you know, state-run ones or whatever would be a little more uniform or regulated, perhaps, or... Well, did they're you all regulated. They yeah, but regulated. I mean, more that idea that there you wouldn't see much difference in yeah, the, the, the type oh, no, of things. no, there were differences. There, yeah. were, there were lots okay. of differences uh-huh. from the very traditional yeah. to the not-so-traditional. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So okay. I, have, I, I did get a nice, nice uh, variety of yeah. programs. Cool. Another cultural difference question. Um, was there the same... Uh, school readiness concern. Oh, I mean, because yeah. I, I mean, I feel like our school readiness stuff, you know, at least in our local community, comes from the achievement gap. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, does Australia have a have an achievement gap? And and or also, just did you, did you hear about like, well, they got to get ready for K, ready for K, ready for K, or whatever the equivalent? You know, I be. didn't hear that very much. Okay, I didn't hear that very much. Yeah, so. you. We needed you to do a lot of homework, Tom, when you were over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. It Gonna was... have to send you back. Yep. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> now that winter here time, is I approaching, I think next time we all go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can do. I, I'm happy to do a, you know, a tour through the outback. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys for helping me kind of yeah. process Thanks, uh, my experience in Australia. Thanks, Tom. Welcome back, Tom. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.